Amen. Thank you for the reading of the Word of God in our presence this morning. I know those are a lot of verses to digest. Just remember that we are continuing in our series on unity in the church. We have come now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're talking about one body, many members. One of the things over which the church at Corinth was disagreeing, fighting over, having different cliques and groups and divisions in the church was over the issue of spiritual gifts. People were focusing on what gift they had, what gift they wanted, and using that as a matter of division. It was a matter of pride. And Paul had to write to them about the purpose of those gifts and what was really important. And by the way, that's the reason this morning I'm not going to spend any time at all speaking about the gifts that were available to them in that day before the Word of God was completed. I am instead going to focus on the purpose of those gifts because that's really why Paul wrote to them to try to build, to end the division and to build unity in the church. In writing to them, he spoke to them, first of all, about their unity in the Lord. That those things that they had in common. Too often we focus on our differences rather than recognizing the things that we have in common. Notice that is, it is our unity in the Lord. And in talking about that, he points out that we have one faith. He says, no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't put down the previous verses, but he talks about you were led out of your former lives and before you became Christians, you were idolaters and you were led out of that. We're, we're talking about that they were changed. Jesus had come into their lives and had changed their lives drastically. That's true of every one of us. Think about what we were like before Jesus saved us. He came in and we were converted. We're talking about change. We're talking about conversion. We were converted by our faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith is described by our confession that Jesus is Lord. By the way, uh, I've been spending some time this month um, reading from the American Standard Version, reading the Old Testament from the ASV. And I'm doing that because I like reading all the places where the word Jehovah occurs. Now, when you're reading most of your translations, that is a capitalized, it's a, every letter is capitalized, but they use small caps. And every time you see the word Lord in your translation of the Old Testament, and it's small caps, that is the name of God, Jehovah. And when we read in the New Testament, Jesus is Lord, that word kurios 
is the word that was used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and that's where it began using Kyrios for Jehovah. And the Jews who would be listening and who would hear, Jesus is Lord, they understood what that meant. I want to tell you that that's not a simple thing. That's not a light thing. That is huge. Jesus is the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. He is not just boss, not just senor. He is Lord, He is the Jehovah God, and that is the focus of our faith. Let me tell you, what you do with Jesus, who you believe Him to be, and whether you accept Him as Savior or not, will be the most important decision you make in all your life. That is more important than who you choose as a mate. That is more important than what you choose as an occupation. Young people, that's more important than where you, cho where you choose to go to college. The most important decision that you have ever made, those of you who are believers, and the decision that you will make, those of you who are not yet saved, the most important decision of all your life is to decide who Jesus is to you. I would say to those of you on live stream, listen, if you've not settled that, I, I'll just ask you, who do you believe that Jesus is? And, and have you come to the point where you've received Him as Savior? Can you say that He is the Lord of your life? That every decision you make is based on what He wants. Everything you do is based on the teaching of His Word. Listen, it's not a small matter to say Jesus is the Lord of my life because He is Lord. We agree on that. Whether we agree on anything else, we agree on that. And friend, if we can't agree on that, we have nothing in common. That is the confession of our faith and we have one faith. Not only do we have one faith, it says that there is one Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, and he's going to talk about that variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. You see, it doesn't matter what gift you have, it is the same Holy Spirit of God that gave you, that empowered you with that gift. And so, once again, that's what we have in common, the one faith the one Spirit. Not only that, but one Lord. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Jesus is Lord, and we're not serving anyone else. We are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We agree on who the Lord is. One Spirit, one, one faith, one Spirit, one Lord one God and their varieties of activities or services or actions or works, but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. You see, the, the members of the church at Corinth were acting as if they had a different God. Well, my God gave me this, but your God gave you something inferior. 
No, it's the same God. And we need to recognize that we have but one God. And then one baptism. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. One baptism. By the way, notice that it says in one spirit. A lot of people talk about the baptism by the Holy Spirit. That's like saying you were baptized by water. Think about that. John baptized with water. When you were baptized, you were baptized in water. And in one spirit can also mean, it doesn't necessarily mean the Holy Spirit. It means in the same fashion. You say, that's not possible. Same phrase is used in the book of Philippians. And everybody understands we were of one mind and one spirit when we were baptized by water immersion to be a member of the body of Christ. And we all got in the church the same way. You don't become a member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ except you've received Christ as Savior and you've been baptized by water immersion. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. That's Ephesians chapter 4. Same concept that is shared in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is in Ephesians chapter 4. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of, of all who is over all and through all and in all. We, we have more in common than we ever have different. And we need to focus on what we have in common. Listen, a church is in trouble when the members focus too much on how they're different instead of what they have in common. You and I need to focus on what we have in common, how we believe the same, how we serve the same, even though we have different gifts, different actions, different service, we still serve the same Lord. We're in this together. Unity in the church focuses on what we have in common. Then he talks about not just the unity that we have, the unity in the Lord, but he talks about that diversity of gifts. And he uses the body. He talks about the different spiritual gifts, but then very quickly he just runs through the list. But his illustration about the diversity of gifts is from the physical body. That's the scriptures that we read before you this morning. Notice that there are various gifts, there are various services, and various works. This is actually going back through the same verses that I just gave you. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the same source of them. There are different kinds of service. works in different ways and this is from the NLT and the ESV it says different activities but I like the notion Gail that what this means is God's God works one way with me because I'm different from you it's the same God 
And He's working in each one of us, but He knows who we are and what we need. You know, if I can, this is not my notes and it won't cost you any extra this morning. But when, when I preach, I realize there's no way that I can have in mind every single one of you and your particular needs. You came this morning with different needs than the person sitting next to you. But the Spirit of God, when I preach, I, I just preach the principles of the Word of God and I trust the Spirit of God to preach to you pointedly and practically things that I could never say up here. And it's amazing when I'm preaching, different people leave having heard different things. Some of those things I didn't necessarily say, but because it was what they needed, that's what they pulled out of the message. And I understand when I stand up here, if the Spirit of God doesn't do that, I'm in trouble. And you've wasted your time coming. And I pray every time I preach, Lord, preach the message that I cannot preach. Because He speaks to each and every one of you. If you will listen for His voice, He will speak to you this morning. And He will meet the need that you came to church with if you just listen for His voice. Different kinds of works. He, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. The diversity of gifts. But I want you to notice about those gifts that each one has one. He says all these, that is all these different gifts, all these services, all these activities. Later on, he's gonna, we're going to talk about the hand, the eye, the foot, the arm. All of these different gifts and abilities are empowered by the same Spirit. And He apportions to each one individually as He wills. Each one has one. Every gift is important. Now, they're not of equal importance. He says later on that some of the gifts are more important than others. He speaks specifically about prophecy. The, the gift that the people in Corinth seem to seek the most, according to the context and the passage, chapters 12, 13, and 14, it seems they seem that they sought the gift of speaking languages that they had never studied. That was a miraculous thing. Man, I wished when I was studying Swahili in language school, I wished I had the gift of languages. Just miraculously, miraculously opening my mouth and those languages came out. Now, Brenda has said that I have the gift of tongues because of my ability to learn languages. What you don't understand, she knows, she just doesn't admit, is that I have spent hours, days, months and years working on those the gift in that day was to be able to speak it miraculously never having studied it but get this if i stand up here and i speak to you in swahili this morning you realize ben what that's doing benjamin is it, it's drawing attention to me it's doing you no good it's not helping the congregation at all it's not building anyone up it's drawing attention to me. That's the danger of all the gifts. That we will use them in 
some sort of arrogant way to make ourselves be more than we should be, to draw attention to ourselves rather than pointing all worship and all praise, all glory to God. Each one has one. Every single one of you has something that God has poured into you that He intends for you to use for His glory. He did not give it to you for your glory. He did not give it to you for your arrogance. He gave it to you, number one, for His glory, and number two, to build up His church, to help somebody else, putting attention on the Lord. We've said for a year now that our purpose is to love the Lord and to love others as ourselves. And that focus of our gifts needs to be on Jesus. It needs to be on the church. It needs to be on others rather than drawing attention to ourselves. Each one individually has one. And those gifts that each one has is empowered by the Holy Spirit. You did not create your gift. You did not work it up. You were given that gift, that ability, that service, that ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It occurs to me every time I preach to this congregation that some people believe that the Baptists don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I've been in some congregations where I wondered whether they believed in the Spirit or not. But I have already said to you that when I preach, if the Spirit of God does not move, then we are wasting our time. Listen, we need to acknowledge when we come into this place that Jesus is in the room. We need to do everything that we do to His honor and His glory. And every time I get up, I pray. I prayed yesterday. I prayed all week while I was working on the message. Lord, move in our church by Your Spirit. We need a movement of the Spirit of God empowering us and enabling us, saving souls and growing His church. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who appoints to each one individually as He wills. That's, he's talking about each one has one. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that He has it, and it is up to Him. It is up to the Spirit of God. He chooses what gift to give you and to give me. We choose how to use it. Whether to use it for His honor and His glory. I need you to understand this. Get this, please. God is pleased when we recognize the gift that He has given us and when we use them for His purpose. Aaron asked, I think on our website, maybe it was in the children's, in the young people's group, you you guys remember Aaron asked, what is your favorite movie quote? He asked me that at lunch on Tuesday. And I, I didn't just tell him, man, I, I went on, on YouTube and I found the clip. My favorite movie quote, quote is from Eric Little as portrayed in the movie Chariots of Fire. 
He says, I believe that God has made me for a purpose for China, but He's also made me fast. And when I run, I feel His pleasure. Oh, listen, when you use your gift to the glory of God, you can feel the smile of His pleasure on you. Find your gift. Recognize that gift, that ability that comes from God and use it and use it up to the glory of God. And he smiles on you when you do. Then we've got to also talk about since there is a unity, but there is a diversity, the interdependence of the members of the body. That means Every member depends upon every other member. We're not independent. I, I sometimes say that we are so independent. We're independent Baptists. Don, we're so independent that nobody can tell us anything. That's, we're, we are independent. But if we're not careful, we will indeed be so independent, we'll feel like we depend on no one and nobody else is involved with us. The truth is, the members of the body are interconnected. They're all important. Now, I've already said to you, they're all important, but some are more important than others. But understand, they're all important to the welfare of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. Understand, there are different gifts and different abilities in the body. Our problem is, we want to judge somebody because they have a different gift and they use it differently than we do. Did you ever see that, that little caricature where the jungle animals led by the monkey, the monkey was in charge, that's frightening, uh, the monkey was in charge and all the animals were going to be judged as to their worth to the community by how well they could climb trees. Well, obviously the monkey did very well. I can tell you the elephant was an absolute failure. We laugh at that, but you know how many times that happens in Baptist churches? Now, hey, Baptists do not have a monopoly on idiocy, okay? I, I can tell you that it happens in every kind of church. That, that people judge others according to their own gifts. Well, you can't do that as well as I can. And therefore, you're a failure. No, listen. Every gift is important and it's in the body so that the body can be complete. Not only that, but the, all the gifts are complementary. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The, the members, the different parts of the body with the different, different abilities and different gifts must work together so that they are complementary. My gift fills in where yours leaves off. 
But mine cannot get where it needs to be unless you first do your part. That's what it means complementary. Every part, every member doing its part. Churches do not grow when members focus only on their own abilities or when members withdraw and refuse to use their gifts to the glory of God. The church can't grow when there are gaps in the service and gaps in the ministry because someone has bailed out, someone has gotten mad, and they are not serving God. They're not using their gifts to the glory of God. We are supposed to be complimentary. That doesn't mean just saying nice things. I like to hear nice things. My love language is words of affirmation, and some of you are good at that. I thank God for you. But complimentary does not, that's not what we're talking about. Melody, we're talking about one helps the other, and when you have it in push-pull mode, then work gets done to the glory of God. Every member of the church doing their part results in growth of the church to the glory of God. All those gifts are complementary. Not only that, but they are harmonious. They are harmonious. He says, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. You know, I thought about, what do you mean harmonious? You know, if Rodney, if I grab something with my right hand that's too heavy to pick up with one hand, do you know that God has made the parts of our body so harmonious that my left hand just naturally grabs on and helps too. When you know, I don't have to say, hand, what are you doing over there? Don't you realize that there's something going on that you need to be involved in? Get yourself over here and get hold of this and help out. Now, we have to do that in the church all the time, right? But that's not how it's supposed to be. There is supposed to be a harmony that when you see that there is a need, you don't have to be begged to pitch in and to help. You just you see the need and you latch on. And the left hand joins the right hand. And Tony, they can lift that piano and get it on the truck. Because God has made the body to work together and to be harmonious. No wonder He compared our physical body or compared the church to our physical body because He expects there to be a harmony in the working of the church. That they would work together and not against each other. A church that is not in harmony sounds to God like somebody singing off-key. Did you ever hear somebody singing? You sat next to them in the congregation and you wish that they were sitting four chairs away. Oh, listen, I was leading the singing one time in the church in Australia, and there was a young couple that I just led to the Lord and baptized. They were sitting right there in the congregation, and I noticed during the singing that they both just died laughing. I thought, 
okay, what did I do? You know, what, what, what is so funny? I asked them later, Charles, what they were laughing at. And she said, neither one of us can sing. And it sounds awful. And we just, got, we just cracked up listening to each other trying to sing. Listen, when it, that's the, what it sounds like to God when the church is not in harmony, not getting along. That's, I'm not preaching this to you because that's you. We're preaching the book of 1 Corinthians and that's what it's all about. We need to understand the importance of harmony in the church. And not only are those gifts, the interdependence is, is there for the complement, so that one works together and they work in harmony, but the interdependence is for the common good of the whole body. That means the entire church. He says in verse 7, chapter 12, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, get this, for the common good. That means building up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Carol, I'm not doing this just for my good. We do what we do. Use our gifts, Jerry, for the, for the building up and for the benefit of the whole body for the common good. Everyone benefits when we work in harmony together. Listen, the trouble at Corinth was there was no harmony Man, they were fighting over, and, and we've, the whole book is the various things that they're fighting over. One of the things that he comes to in chapters 12, 13, and 14 is they were fighting over the spiritual gifts. Well, I've got this gift. I'm sorry that you don't have the same gift that I have. I am blessed of God, and I am special because of the gift I have. That's not what it's all about. And that is what tears up churches Listen, as long as we isolate ourselves and insist on standing alone, we will never be all that God intends for us to be. We need the Lord. We need God's movement in our spirits, in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, in our nations. Our nation needs God. Friend, we need each other. Listen to me. Whether we agree politically or not, we need each other. When we agree, whether we agree on exactly how things ought to be or not, we still need each other. Let's be careful about isolating ourselves and ostracizing Everybody else that does not agree with us, we need God and we need each other. Listen, I want to ask you, are you promoting unity? Are you promoting unity in your home? Are you promoting unity in your church? Are you promoting unity in your nation? Are you promoting unity? Or are you tearing things down? God intends for us to live and work together in unity. I have to ask you, have you found God's purpose in your life? 
maybe if you are not, if you can't see a path of using our gifts together for the benefit of the body of this church, maybe it's because you have not recognized yet God's gifts and God's purpose in your life. Are you serving the Lord and completing His purpose in your life? Have you made His purpose for you your highest priority? Are you selfishly seeking your own will and your own good? Are you serving Him? Are you living your life to the glory of God? What needs to happen in your life? What needs to change that God can get the greatest glory from you, from your gifts, and from your life? Listen, He came today to meet with you about that. And if you'll listen for His voice, you'll hear from Him. And you will understand the changes that you need to make the commitments that He would have for you. Maybe in your life.